Welcome to Break Bias. I'm your host, Brad Kramer. It's the 43rd episode, the Desiree Wilson episode. I'll get into that in a second. But we're here, and we're back ahead of the return of F1 and after preseason testing, which had a few storylines. It wasn't the most eventful preseason test of all time, but we'll be breaking it down. First of all, before I get into our guests for the show, uh, I'll quickly talk about Desiree Wilson. This is the first female driver to ever be featured on Break Bias. I think that's pretty special. She is actually the last driver to have 43 on her car. She is South African, and she took part in the 1980 British Grand Prix. So just a little bit of history for you guys. It's pretty spectacular, I would say. But let's get to our guests, or guest, I should say. Uh, Kyle from King of the Take was supposed to be joined by Darnell, two-thirds of their podcast. However, Kyle couldn't make it, so I got Darnell. He is, though, their F1 guy, and we have a great chat about preseason testing, about deliveries, a bit about Travis Survive, some overachievers, some underachievers. We go on, and we fit in a ton of entertaining conversation for you guys. So without further ado, let's go to Darnell. Right. I now welcome a fellow Canadian podcaster. You might recognize yes. him from a certain TikTok where he called Max Verstappen a dick. I now bring on Darnell from King of the Take. How you doing, man? Good, man. Thank you for having me on. Yes, the the one TikTok that I guess went viral on our on our TikTok channel. <laughs> and yeah. I'm wearing a red shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you were wearing one in that video too. I was, I was, yeah. I had to do it. I had to do it. Like I was, I was so fired up coming off of that race. I'm like, I'm just going to go into it emotional. We'll see what happens. And it, and it blew up. It was great. Yeah. It definitely was emotional during that race too. Like I'm a Mercedes fan and I was kind of loving, like, I was like, oh, is this going to like be the end of a Red Bull right here? Basically <laughs> like just an absolute implosion of their driver lineup. I would have loved it, but it seems to have gotten a little better. We'll see. We'll see over the season though, I guess. <laughs> It was a bit um, of a two for one for you too, because Russell ended up winning the race. Hamilton course. actually had a good his, his best race of the season. Yeah. And and you had Max imploding on himself. Yeah. <laughs> Brazil was a great weekend for sure. Um yes. but you were supposed to bring on one of your co-hosts, and we're supposed to do a, I was. a three-way, um, for lack of a better a term. Three, a three-way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what happened to Kyle? Why is he not here? Yeah, he decided to bail because he was—he's a little soft, a little worried about what we, all the chirps we're gonna throw his way. But no, he—he he had something going on, <laughs> personal reasons, nothing serious. Uh, so he had to back out. But we're gonna have you on our podcast, and you'll be able to meet him and our other hosts as well. But uh, yeah, he's—he's he's sad to miss the episode this week, bro. For sure. Well, family comes first, of course. Um, and before we get into to preseason testing, which is one of the main reasons I brought you on, have you seen any Drive to Survive? Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I think I'm halfway through episode four, halfway through episode five. Uh, Kyle has seen everything. Uh, he got through it. In like yeah, three days, I'm not gonna I lie. I binged it too. I, I you do well. all of it as well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I had nothing better to do this weekend, so I was just like crushing <laughs> drive to survive. I don't know if we want to just say spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, but um, what are you? What have been your impressions so far? Or I guess on the whole thing. So if if you're halfway through episode four. My favorite part of the whole season is coming up like really soon for you. The whole okay. Oscar Piastri drama, seeing that behind the scenes was actually yeah. really cool. Um, so you'll get to see that. Um, but in the end, this isn't really huge spoilers, I don't think. Some of the big things that they didn't touch on, 
I really thought they would do Vettel's retirement. They didn't I do anything really. Completely so, the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't do Kimi Raikkonen's retirement the year before. And I was like, okay, True. guy's not really a big media guy. I get it. Vettel's also an even bigger legend of the sport. But yep. Daniel Ricciardo got a montage at the end of this season and Vettel didn't. I thought that was insane. That's that. I mean, I guess Danny Rick is a bit more of a personality for the show, I suppose, and he's, a lot. He's more a drive people... to survive, sorry, but he is. But Vettel is a legend, like four-time champ. How do you not feature at least a little bit of that? <laughs> yeah, no, it was basically just like one question, being like, "So, what is it going to be like for you outside of the sport?" And he was yes. like, oh, "I don't know, like more time with my family," and that was it. <laughs> That's dumb. I heard they completely, yeah. completely omitted Brazil as well. Pretty much. They just went back to it as like a highlight. And they're like, Kevin Magnuson's on pole. George Russell wins the race. And that was it. They didn't do anything with, they didn't do anything with Max and Checo. And I was talking to my big Red Bull fan buddy. And he, I think actually brought up a good point. They just brought Max on. Like, remember he wasn't in the last season. They're not going to try to do anything. That's going to like make him leave again. I feel like they're kind of like playing up to him a little bit. Yeah. I think, I think that's maybe a possibility. I guess, but you could have at least covered the weekend. Russell, Mercedes' only successful weekend, Russell's first victory, and obviously the Kevin Magnuson story is more than just a highlight. You could have done all that and just skipped the max part, I guess. I know people would have had questions why they're admitting it, but at least give the fans something for what was one of the best weekends of the season, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. They And they did Silverstone like a bunch, but... Yeah. They, <laughs> you saw the show yeah, crash they... every other episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um but yeah why don't we why don't we get into testing a little bit um well before we talk about anything performance related though yep. i know you've been rating your liveries on uh yep. on your tiktok um yep. seeing any of these cars on track did that change your opinion about any of them i was harsh about the red bull I, I gave it one of my worst ratings initially because they didn't change anything. Seeing it on track, you kind of you kind of understand why. Like it is obviously iconic. I'm wearing the shirt. I'm a big Red Bull fan. I would have loved to have seen a, a slight tweak, but again, seeing it on track, it still looks fantastic. So I, I think I was a little harsh on them. The one that I gave a pretty decent rating to that now I want to take back was probably the Haas. From some angles really? and the renders, it was great. On track, it's fine. It's fine. It's really not that big of improvement i think their best one is probably the rich rich energy livery and then the one that was the year after otherwise this one is just it's just average in my opinion well i've i've always said because Haas was the first launch of the season and i saw all the black and i was like yes like i think Haas their best liveries have been with black and then of course you learned that the black is for a very separate reason it's (laughs) it's not anything to do with just looking good um but I liked the car even more on track. So it's funny that oh, you really? didn't like it. I thought the numbers on their nose, like it just looks so good. Um, and just, I don't know. I felt like it popped. We're on a grid that does have a lot of black. I thought it popped. And I also, I know you hate the Alpha Tari livery. Another one, I think even looked better on track, man. It looked worse. Oh, <laughs> it looked man. worse. <laughs> I like the white nose. I know people hate the white oh, nose, but I think no. it's cool. It's different. You know what? I'll give them that. They are one of the few that I don't think they have any black. That's not that I can think of. They've pretty much all gone with a color. So I'll give them that. They've actually tried something different than everyone else. They deserve some kudos for that. But the white nose with the blue chassis looks weird. (laughs) 
it just it looks weird. I think it's kind of bold and, and it looks kind of cool. And I I agree that the side angle of the Alpha Tauri in the renders looks horrendous. Like just with like the red bar on the bottom. Yeah. Like it's brutal, but seeing it on a, on the track, you don't see it from like that perfect side angle. And I feel like the red's not as bad in person. I'll give you that. The yes. on track the red didn't look nearly as bad. Yeah. So I think that also just made it pop a little bit more. I in no way think it's like the best livery in F1 or anything, but I think it's decent and it doesn't deserve the hate that it gets. What um, about your your boys there? Cuz the carbon fiber on track looks atrocious. <laughs> oh, you hate it, eh? I don't it's, like it's it. very black, but it, it, it I agree actually it did look better in the renders than yes. it did on track. I still don't hate it. I, I'm kind of glad that they're they're back to black because I haven't been watching F1 for a super long time. So I wasn't around when it was like the dominant silver arrows. I kind of was more so watching the dominant, you know, black Mercedes. Yeah. So the yeah. fact that they had one trash season in the silver, I'm like, okay, I kind of like <laughs> that they've gone back to the black. So, so are you a 2019, 2020 starter as well? Oh, yeah. I'm not okay, afraid to so admit it. For the, I'm, okay, me too. Yeah, I started yeah. in COVID. So I'm the same as you. Oh yeah, some people. Yeah, some people are like, "Oh my god!" Like these drive to survive fans are like the worst, and it's like, "Come on, man!" Like that's if like a huge you... part of the fan base now too. Exactly, and, and we can still learn you, about the history of the sport. If you're only watching, because if you're only watching Drive to Survive, then you probably aren't a fan. But if you're watching because it got you into the sport, there's nothing wrong with that. I watch the yeah, I watch every race, every qualifying. I catch most of the practice sessions on Fridays. Like. Yep. nothing to do with the show i just like the sport and, and i got an f1 tv subscription and i've watched like a bunch of old races too some of like the most famous ones i've gone back and watched them and like they're fantastic and you can learn <laughs> about the sport it doesn't matter when you get into it right so um 100 agree. agree yeah well uh any other liveries you wanted to talk about though um the alpine i hate it i i hate it the pink so yeah, you know i'll brutal. give the full pink is cool <laughs> But the yes, blue black uh, yes, thing, awful. 100%. <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah, I feel like everyone agrees that like the, the all pink livery is kind of cool, but yeah. the blue one is terrible. And I hate, or sorry, I loved the 2021 Alpine, just like the blue and the red, where it it's just like the better. French team's car. Yeah. And then bringing in the BWT sponsor just like absolutely killed their livery. And now they have the massive chunk of black on the side pod and right behind the side pod. And it's just, it's awful now. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, go together. It's, 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 terrible. it's terrible. It's my least favorite for sure. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Alpine, they had a bit of a mysterious test, didn't they? I, I yeah. feel like some people are, are saying maybe they're sandbagging a little bit, but in terms of like their actual lap time, they're the only team over the course of the three days to not set a better time than they did la- in last year's test. Yeah, I don't think they're sandbagging. I think they're having some issues, personally. I don't think that they were a dominant enough car last year to warrant wanting to throw up their competition. They, I think they're in trouble. I, I think they're in trouble, especially because, and we'll talk about Aston, I think we could see them drop down the order kind of significantly, and they're more fighting with the bottom of the midfield as opposed to fighting at the sharp end of the midfield. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that. Um it's always hard to not look too much into testing. And I feel like we do do that every year. Like Alpine's test last year wasn't great. They looked like kind of fast, but they had a lot of reliability issues, which I guess did manifest itself in the season. Um, Alonso but every other week. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't have them fourth going into last year and they were pretty, 
I would say comfortably fourth if they didn't have the reliability issues. Um, yeah, that's but true. I guess maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves because I want to get into kind of like the full season overview in a sec. So how about we go back? We just look at day one of testing. Yep. Like you said, Aston, the first team to break down in only nine minutes. But from there, it kind of looks smooth sailing. I I was worried. So watching the watching the lap count go by and seeing Fernando Alonso is just not changing. I was I was getting pretty worried. Um, but he put in a good second half of that test. He got the laps. I think he got up to over 40 laps. And then he was smooth sailing for the rest of it. I think he put in the most laps of, of any driver, if I'm not mistaken. But you're right. Starting off, I was a little worried considering the rumors before his testing was that they came with a dramatically different aero package. I was yeah. I was terrified that it all just fell to pieces and they were going to be screwed. I'm really happy they figured it out. And I'm really happy we could see a competitive Fernando and Alonso. Yeah, I was hyping. I think I heard from Kyle that you were hyping up Aston Martin ahead of the yes, test I too. I, I certainly was. And they break down in nine minutes. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like don't don't tell me that this is going to be a total failure. Um, but it certainly doesn't look like it is. And actually, I can't even, I can't believe I forgot. Lance Stroll's injury. Lance Stroll, yeah. What, you, what the heck? You believe the two broken wrists? Or is that just overplaying what could have actually like is it you think it's that bad that he's gonna like, i don't know but apparently there's still a chance like apparently he's been in the simulator and he's trying it out to see if he can drive so it can't be that bad okay and they're still I considering him racing well actually did you hear the rumors I, that they're thinking about bringing back vettel for this race see it's i saw Drogovic. i saw well, Drogovic. No, it's already been yeah like it's already been confirmed that Drogovic will be okay racing in Bahrain but there were rumors like before that that like they actually reached out to Vettel and were like hey is this a possibility that would be insane Vettel and Alonso crazy six six (laughs) world championships in an Aston in a competitive (laughs) Aston Martin oh that'd be gold for sure I know Vettel fans are pretty upset that Aston Martin looks like they're they're set to have a great season right after he retires and he's had kind of two tough seasons with them um but yeah uh looking back on some day one stuff as well um, I guess the first thing I'll mention, did you see the Haas three seater pit wall? I did. The the bus yeah. shelters I've seen. Yeah. Yes, I did see it. Apparently saving two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. I, I, I actually love I it. honestly didn't know that you had that ability to fully customize your own pit wall. I thought they were almost standard. I didn't realize you could just go down to a three seater a setup if you wanted to <laughs> yeah i guess actually i never really thought of that either but i think it makes sense for Haas if you don't need the people there and you can save two hundred fifty thousand dollars, like that's a no-brainer well i actually don't really understand the point of it because a lot of them sit in the garage anyways and you have all the screens in there so i yeah, actually no, it's a good point seeing it like yeah this makes a lot of sense actually <laughs> yeah for sure um and how about that practice start on day one did you see that as well where no i they missed were- it Oh, okay. So I'll let you know. So basically, uh, I'm pretty sure it was, I don't know, was it Crofty on commentary? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But they were doing a practice start on day one, and the lights went out, and some of the drivers went to go. And I don't know if they stalled or if they were just doing their own thing, but like it looked like the biggest like clusterfuck, basically, <laughs> of just like some drivers not going and some drivers going. And it just looked hilarious. And then the commentary was just like, what is going on? Like, this is the worst start. And, I totally yeah, it missed It was pretty that. funny. But totally if you missed, missed it, then that. it's hard to talk about. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. But I'll try to um, find a replay after. Yeah, so I guess other day one notes. I don't know if you have anything to mention. It's got to be max. 157 Red laps Bull on. Just absolutely flying. Exactly. Crazy. Like, 
again, just watching because I, I don't have an F1 subscription or a Sky Sports subscription. So I was just watching like people had it on YouTube, just had like the, the counter yeah. and they had like a live feed of the, the little dots on the track. And yeah. every few, every five minutes, see Max is bad on, back on track, <laughs> yeah, back yeah. on track, back on track. Yeah. That was crazy. Like you would assume considering how good their car was last year, they don't need to make that many changes. So that rely, they were pretty reliable last year that that would carry through. But to have basically not a single issue, more or less, on the first day is pretty incredible. Well, I think the nicest part is that they probably have the best philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. And because they were so dominant last year, they were able to start looking at 2023 earlier than they probably should have if Ferrari was able to challenge them a little better. Um, so that gave them an advantage going into the season as well. And then the main upgrades that they've brought, as, as far as I know, is actually more so like weight saving stuff. And that's, of course, can affect something, but it's not going to have as big of an effect as, say, you know, a brand new suspension or brand new aero package new floor, or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think they were able to run smoothly because of that. And they've just set a great base for themselves that everyone is going to be catching or trying to catch, sorry, until 2026. It's terrifying. I mean, not terrifying yeah. for me. It's terrifying for a couple. The one thing I don't want, you know, listen, I'm fortunate in my short time as a Formula One fan, I got two world championships and a constructors championship. I don't want the the Mercedes dominant years. You know, you, you do still want competition. I don't, yep. I want Max and Checo to have to work for it. So I do hope that Ferrari's not as far behind. And I don't think that they are as what we yeah. saw coming out of testing. Personally, that, that's just my hope. And I don't know, I would love to see a Red Bull and Ferrari like real battle that, you know, doesn't last like seven races or whatever it was last season. Um, (laughs) But I do think that when it's Mercedes and when it's Red Bull, the tension is just it's just higher. It just is. Yeah. So I I'm hoping that it can if a three way fight even better. I want I want a six um, driver competition here. I don't. Yeah, yeah, that that would would be be ultimate. That'd be ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. So. Why don't we talk Mercedes day two then? Just Let's, go straight into that. Well, you're a Merck fan. A so a, how are you feeling? So I I was going to address this because on my last episode, I made a pretty bold call and I'm, I'm, I'm backpedaling. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said Mercedes was going to have a great comeback this year. They're going to start on the back foot a bit, but then catch up as the season goes on. And I was really getting on Perez and I was going to say he's going to cost them a Constructors Championship and Mercedes is going to win it. Because Lewis and George, yes, exactly. Um, I don't think that's going to happen now. I already, I'm already abandoning it after three days of testing. I know I'm the worst, but yeah, just from what I'm hearing and just like seeing all the rear sliding that they're having and even a reliability issue, like that was their strength last year. And now they're having a hydraulic issue on day two. I know the teams are very underprepared this year just because there's so little testing, but doing the fewest laps out of anyone having a weird performance like just it just drops off no one really knew why i apparently they understand now but that's just a lot of concern going into the season um and maybe i just thought they were going to be closer to start the season than they actually are i think they're really going to be on the back foot again so yeah you aren't the only one i i thought so too like in the last quarter of last season especially when the red bull uh, five, uh, penalties came in for, for this year. I said, if I could put my money on someone winning the world championship, I'd put it on George. I don't think that anymore. <laughs> I, I, I don't <laughs> think that anymore. 
Yeah, I actually i I do gamble a little bit. It's hard to gamble on F one. I I feel, but I yeah. did just put some money on Charles Leclerc like a while ago. Don't love that, but I did get Red Bull Constructors Championship before testing for like basically even odds. So I'm pretty happy oh, about that. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I couldn't. If believe Kyle was that, on was... here, he'd be Kyle's. Kyle's the gambling, the gambling <laughs> yeah. guru of our of our threesome. Yeah. Uh, he'd be all over that. You tell him that information. Uh, oh yeah. Well, it's a shame he couldn't make it. I guess. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm with hard you. To like, gamble on. It is. There's not a ton you can do. Like uh, some of my buddies, we do like race, race to race bets. I did put a future on on Hamilton at the beginning of last season, which Ooh, way off yeah. that one. But the <laughs> odds are really. I'm like ah, they, they they have a chance to come back here, and they just never got any better. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Like. It was surprising how little on day two it felt like they understood about the gaps in their aero package, considering the fact that coming out of last season, they said they were going to come with a completely new design for 2023, and they abandoned that. So they're sticking with their philosophy and just making you know the changes they thought that they needed to make. And then in day two, the complete drop-off in performance and seemingly having no idea why that happened was really concerning. Successful yeah. day three. Hopefully that means good things to come in Bahrain uh, this upcoming weekend, but I'm not overly optimistic we're going to see the rapid Mercedes we were all hoping to see. Again, as a, even as a Red Bull fan, I was still hoping to see a fast Mercedes in some competition. Yeah, well, and the chatter is that Aston Martin might be better than Mercedes on the long runs. It wasn't Toto saying that. Someone said someone from Mercedes said that, right? That that Aston could be more competitive than that. I, I think everyone's saying that Aston Martin is the talk of the paddock right now. I feel like okay. Let's get into that. Let's just get let's just get right into it, right. Like they were quick, they were so quick. Yeah, but it's still just testing. Yeah, they were I know. so slow last year. <laughs> to start the season, they were probably the worst car. Like it was an absolute that. piece of junk. Yes. Yes. Um, and their development was impressive, and that was part of the reason that I was hyping them up so much going into the season. Not to mention, you know, they finally get their factory that they've been working on forever. Yeah. They got. Eric Bland and Dan Fallows finally fully integrated into the team. Um, so those are kind of the main reasons. And Alonso's a beast. So uh, do you think I, not? I had high hopes for them. And it's, listen, it's Lance Stroll. I'm not a big Lance Stroll fan. I think he's a bit of a tool. But he's still, <laughs> he's still got six years of experience. Do you think not having him in testing is going to hurt the team's development? And, and you have a rookie in there giving you feedback on an F1 car having never driven an F1 before. Do you think that could hurt their development at, all, at the beginning of the season? Well, I'll say this. So when Alonso said that Lance Stroll is World Drivers' Championship material, I was like, hey, this guy's just like blowing smoke. But <laughs> when he said that it actually really sucked, and like members of the team also said this too, that it really sucked that Lance wasn't there because he was the only one of the drivers that drove last year's car. Last year's car. Yeah. That That's definitely going to hurt. Lance isn't a moron. Like, he does have six years of experience and he definitely would be able to be like, yeah, the car was, was doing this last year. It's still doing it where mm -hmm. Alonso's not going to, Alonso's not going to have that experience, even with his wealth of, of time in formula one. Uh, it's just not going to be the same as having someone who was in the car the last year and then having him be able to give that like instant feedback. Right. So yeah. I think it definitely hurts. Um, now does Lance strike me as like, you know, someone who is very like technically proficient. No, um, but I'm, st I'm sure he would still give valuable feedback to the team. So I think it does hurt a bit. Um, but 
but yeah, how about how about some other teams that that look good? We spent a lot of time on Aston Martin. Um, what about Williams? They were kind of on the grind, and I feel like they've maybe made a step. But do you still have them in tenth? I've gone back and forth on this. Um, I don't have them in. T- I have the AlphaTauri last. Um, I have Williams okay. slightly above. The problem with Williams is they look they look great for a Williams. But they were so slow last year that even a big leap is still slow. So yeah. they yeah. had better reliability. I know Alvin was talking about the balance of the car was leaps and bounds better than last year. That was one of the biggest things. The car last year was completely unpredictable. Yeah, we'll in see Bahrain, if they actually ha- it was terrible. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if they actually have any race pace. I'm still questioning that aspect of it. I think they could be fighting for points on the right weekend. But they're not going to be consistent points. I still think they're near the bottom, but just a lot better than last year's awful, awful car. Yeah, I, I was pretty impressed by how many laps, especially, you know, I think it was great experience for Logan Sargent. He was doing, I think it was 154 laps on day two because Albon wasn't in the car. Yeah. Um, it, it was really encouraging stuff. However, I don't know if I really see them. Like you said, you know, they were so far off the back last year. Are they going to make such a big step that they're really going to be like in a midfield fight seconds I don't know. they need to make up seconds <laughs> yeah exactly so i mean having latifi gone will definitely help because they'll yes. hopefully we'll see the verdict still out on sergeant but hopefully they'll have two competent drivers um because that will certainly help them get points when they need to get points uh however i think i'm still gonna have williams in 10th but i'm with you though we have the same bottom two and I want to talk about AlphaTauri a little bit later, so I'm just going to leave that for okay. a reason you'll find out okay, later. Okay, yeah, no problem, no problem. <laughs> um, but day two, the leader, do you remember who it was? It was Joe Guan Yu. Ah, it he was Joe Guan Yu. testing, yeah. Yes, yes. I'm, yes. I'm cautiously optimistic that he will take up. He wasn't bad last year, to be honest with you. He just had woeful reliability issues, like... Oh, yeah, we talked a lot about Alonso. It was bad. Yeah. We talked a and lot about Alonso because he was fat. Exactly. Bottas is yeah. fighting for sevenths all the time, and Joe can't even get across the finish line. Um, I'm I'm quietly, cautiously optimistic that the Alpha will be, if nothing more, just more reliable this season. Yeah. Uh, it, they still got a Ferrari engine, so we'll see. But <laughs> Didn't Ferrari, um, the Ferrari power units put the most laps. Uh, yeah, it, it, no, it, it, testing, it, but it, yeah, yeah, and that's something you know with the with the power unit homologation or whatever. I pro- I'm probably butchering that word, but <laughs> they're allowed the, to address reliability, but they're not yes. allowed to address performance, right? So yeah. Ferrari should be able to make a step there, as should Alpine, um, with yes. their water pump shenanigans. Um, <laughs> that was a joke, but uh, yeah. So uh, Alfa Romeo, I, I will admit. I was all season last year for the second half was like, Aston's going to catch them. Aston's going to catch them. And it was one point. So I didn't technically get it right, but I was still kind of happy with that prediction going into this year. I was like, their development was so bad. I was kind of down on them, but I think I have to give them a little bit more credit. They do look like probably around a sixth place team again, to be honest. Um, We'll see though. Yeah. I do think, I do think there will be some challenges. I think Haas is going to be better this year just with a yes. with a better driver lineup. And I also think uh, 
even though McLaren looks pretty bad yet, which I'm surprised we haven't talked well, about yet. Well, we got to get their drivers. That. Their drivers should be able to lift them to heights that the car probably shouldn't be at. Um, well, I guess, do you want to just get into McLaren then or what? Yeah, let's let's talk about their awful weekend. Uh, the worst testing for sure. Now, last year was bad. Uh, well, last year testing, yep. they were actually not terrible. They showed some Well, pace, Spain but... was good. Spain was Spain good. Spain was good, yes. yes. Bahrain was, was riddled with the brake issues. Right, which carried through into the first race, um, yeah. predictably. I... This is the thing, right? So I agree with you. Piastri has the pedigree, but he's still a rookie. Yeah. That's where I do give a slight edge, I think, to Alpha, at least in the first chunk of the season, where Bottas is, he's good. He's a safe pair of hands, ton of experience. Joe wasn't slow last year. The car was just garbage, um, reliability-wise. Now, Norris is a different gravy. I, I'll give you that. But the car yeah. looks awful. <laughs> yeah, it, awful. it really does. But that's the same thing as like Lando is incredibly just adaptive where he can drive the trickiest car and he's, he's proven it over the past two years. One of the trickiest cars on the grid and get it to places that it just shouldn't be. I'm still, it's been two years. I'm still like giving Daniel Ricardo like a bit of like slack because I really? really just feel like that Lando Norris is that good. I feel like the car is is one of the hardest to drive. Yes. And Lando is probably one of, if not the most adaptive driver on the grid. And I feel like Daniel just couldn't adapt. I, I really think that's all it comes down to. And I don't think Daniel's washed. I think if you get him in a car where he can get the car into the, the window that he needs it to be in, he's still a Grand Prix winner. Going from... Maybe not washed to winner now? Well, I mean, like, he is who he is. I'm not saying he's going to win races. It, that yeah. depends on the car, of course. But um, i just saying, he, I think the old Daniel Ricardo's still there, albeit his confidence is probably just destroyed. Um, I just, I think it's just the McLaren is, is just a whack car. It's a, it's a, it's a wild car. I'll give you that. And that's <laughs> yeah. where, that's where I'm, a, again, Piastri's, Piastri's got no, F1 history to have to lean on. Like Ricardo had, he had the Red Bull before, he had the Renault before, he had something that he felt comfortable with. Piastri's not going to have that. Maybe that'll work in his favor. Um, and you're right about Lando Norris. He's he is incredible. And I, I will be talking about him later. Um, am I willing to give Ricardo a pass? I'm not because if you're I didn't that, say a pass. Some slack, I guess. If you're but he was so far off the pace. Like, it wasn't like he was a little bit far behind. Like, Checo to Max. That's a gap that I would be giving. I would, I'd be willing to give Ricardo to Lando. But he was back here. <laughs> so that, that, that I'm not so sure about. But in terms of the, of the McLaren, and you're right about Lando. Although at the beginning of the season, they were both really struggling with it. Just Ricardo more so. I hope it's just a one or two race thing and they get this sorted out. Because it sounds like you're high on Lando. I'm very high on Lando. I want to see yeah. him at the front. I want to see him right yeah. at the front. So I really hope they can get this sorted out in the first couple of races. And I think we have Lando's a, a top five big, driver to me. Uh, top five. I might even have him. Would I have him higher than top five? Oh, it's yeah. so hard. <laughs> so yeah. hard because I, the car I, I've is never actually good. broke down just like a top five drivers before. Could be interesting. Uh, so do any, any other, let's see who else we have here. We talked about the Haas. Let's just quickly touch on them. Not massive improvements, but consistent, steady. 
my hope is that the extra investment in the development will continue through the season. Because last year, they, they bought the one upgrade package in the middle of the season. They need to be more consistent this year in terms of upgrades. And I really hope you see that. Yeah, their development strategy was was questionable last year. I remember Gunther saying, like, bringing these small upgrades throughout the season is overrated. You want to make sure that they work. And then they brought their big upgrade, and it didn't really seem to, to do much. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's it kind of was – it seemed really dumb. But, uh, no, I think, I think they're going to be just like a solid midfield team. The more years we have with the budget cap, I think the more opportunities Haas are going to get they're always still going to be a bit off the back because obviously they just, they're dealing with the, the worst set of circumstances probably out of anyone, maybe bar Williams, but yeah, I, I just think they have two really solid sets of hands. Their car seemed to be just very mid. Yeah. Is that kind of just the perfect way to put it? I feel like they yeah. had no problems during test. It's just a mid car and they have two mid drivers. So they're just going to have a mid season. And that's fine. That's actually a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's a good thing for Haas. Yeah. Being mid is kind of just Haas's prerogative. So, um, yeah. And, wa- and watching. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I, no, you go you go ahead. I really don't have much else to say about Haas. I was just going to say, in watching, in watching Drive to Survive, that was one of the biggest things they hammered on about Mick Schumacher constantly crashing the car and absolutely yeah. wrecking it. Hopefully that's not going to happen this season, which should mean they'll have a little bit more money to spend throughout the year. That's a good point. Yeah, the the two million on the crash in Jetta and then Monaco. I don't know how much that was, but the car was just destroyed there too. So yeah, it was a two pieces. Uh, sh- <laughs> <On the track. laughs> yeah. Well, like, the cars are supposed to do that now. Apparently, when yeah, when is. they have like big crashes, they're supposed to just separate. It's, it looks so much worse because they separate. It looks like they're, they die cheap. every time. But <laughs> I think it's helpful for safety. It's not helpful for the yeah. wallet. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, in terms of teams, I don't I don't know if we're missing anyone, but I guess if we just move on to day three, I don't really have many notes. Just Perez set. Did you see that it was a faster time than Charles Pole lap last year? I did. Uh, I was really, really. I'm I'm a more Checo fan than Max. If you couldn't tell from that TikTok, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that made me Fair. feel warm inside because of all of the people saying that they hope Danny Rick takes his job this season. I don't want that. I want Checo to be comfortable. I want him to be quick, and that made me feel really good about the start of the year. <laughs> okay, well, I- I'll ask you this because I asked my buddy who's a Red Bull fan last episode. Mm-hmm. When you see the Red Bull launch and, well, just other stuff that they've done, they're just absolutely peddling Daniel Ricciardo out there as I like a, as a commercial guy. Are you concerned in any way about Checo just because of how much they're really pushing Daniel as a returning Red Bull driver? I am. uh I don't understand it. I I guess there's people who are just high on Danny Rick and are discounting the McLaren years. I think Checo has been perfectly great, honestly. Um, it's all going to come down, I think, to, no offense to Mercedes, it's going to come down to Ferrari. If Ferrari has a strong first half of the year and Checo falters, then I can see I could see it happening. I wouldn't want it to happen, but I can see them making the, uh, making the decision to switch. If they're comfortably ahead and Checo's, is Checo's fine, I don't see it happening. He'll see the, the end of the season, out of his contract, and then we'll see what happens next. Yeah, I, I've, I'm kind of on the train where, like, I apologize to, you know, Chaco fans and, and Mexicans out there, but I feel like how dominant the car is is just kind of bailing him out. I really feel like if it was 
a more straight up title fight with the performance of the cars, he would cost him a dra- uh, a constructors championship. You think he's I, that bad? Oh, I just think he's that far off of Max. Everyone's far off of Max. <laughs> I know, but it, it, if the cars are equal, Lewis and George, like that's the best driver lineup in, in Formula One. And then I still think Signs is better than Perez. No, what? No, definitely. <laughs> okay, so you're right. Okay, so George, George, and Lewis, and we'll see this year. Um, I think Lewis will be a lot closer, if not slightly above George. We'll see. I, I it's honestly so hard to tell based on last year. I, I think we could throw that out for a second. I think it'll be a lot closer. But Max is leaps and bounds better than George, in my opinion. Um, at least he is right now. So I don't know if anyone would be within two tenths of Max in the same car. Barring maybe Lewis because he is different great. I don't know if anyone else could be within two tenths. But Sainz better than Checo? Come on. Come on. I, I absolutely agree with that. I think Sainz had a super unlucky season. Um, actually, I, I think... He was so crashy I, at the beginning of the year. <laughs> yeah, he, he did struggle at the beginning of the year. But he came on in the second half when the Ferrari was a bit harder to drive. And I just feel like in an absolutely hooked up car, Leclerc is Leclerc is one of the best qualifiers in the game. Barnum. And the yeah, best. and Leclerc is just so rapid. But in terms of like a cerebral driver and someone who can get the most out of like a maybe a trickier car, I would take Carlos over Charles in that sense. Wow. Wow. So you think Charles raced but day. in a world in a world championship car, though, I'm taking Charles. Don't don't get me wrong. But I just think in a trickier car, Carlos can get Carlos more out of a, a, hard, a car that's hard to drive. I, I, if we could replay last year without the team mistakes, I would be really curious to see how many points Charles could have racked up. Because you can't just say all the mistakes would have led to victories, whatever. It's hard to know. I would be really curious to see how if if Charles would have separated himself from Carlos without the team mistakes last year. But I get what you're saying. He's Roll class. I think he's the best. He's the he's the he's the best qualifier. Bar none, he's the best qualifier. Carlos. I was critical of signs. Don't get me wrong. Like I wasn't just giving him a pass for how bad of a first half of the season he had. It was terrible, and he knew it. But I think he showed the improvements in the second half. He did and I feel like once he just understands this new Ferrari a little bit better, I feel like he's going to close a gap to Charles. Where I don't see that ever happening to Perez. I think it gets worse before it gets better. Oh, it'll get With worse. Max. It definitely will get yeah. better. Ma- yeah. well, I mean, Max is just getting better and Checo's getting slightly worse. Like, they're yeah. going to continue to separate for sure. I just don't think, I don't think Daniel Ricciardo could be closer to Max than Checo. I think just, and that's more because I think Max is just that good compared to everyone else right now. He's, Max is ridiculous. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm a Lewis fan and I completely concede Max Verstappen is the best on the grid at the moment. And I don't and think there's an argument. The car for helps. Else. Like, they're like the yeah. the car is literally built for like built to his audience, <laughs> just like just like the Mercedes was yeah, to, like, to Lewis. Like they sat him down. They sat him down in the factory and just built the car around. <laughs> exactly. <him>. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just looking at like an overview of testing, I guess is there really any other things that you want to mention? I know I have some little things like written down that are just kind of more like funny moments, like. Valtteri's helmet was go with it. was just hilarious. Um, you saw the mullet and the mustache helmet that he had. I'm a Valtteri fan this year because of the helmet. <laughs> yeah. well, and he, his I, new vibe is just fantastic. Yeah, he's becoming so much more likable now that he's outside of Merck. <laughs> um, but yeah, he just hilarious. Just 
biking out there with his mullet and his and his mustache. <laughs> just so loves good. his cycling and he loves his coffee. Those are his, those are his two passions outside of Formula One. I feel um, like he's 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 more Canadian than Lance Stroll. Like the mullet in particular. <laughs> yeah. He is eighties Canada. Well, like, it's great. No, what I feel like is just Finnish people are kind of like like they have some similarities to Canadians. I I really do believe that. So like you actually did you see him play in hockey? He posted that on his Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. yeah. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I really like Valtteri. I I wanted George to replace him. Uh, I it thought time. it was time, mm-hmm. but it was sad to see him go. And I I always did like him in Mercedes. I just yeah I I knew he wasn't he wasn't cut out anymore. Really just. Yeah, it was time, especially when you didn't know really the future of Lewis Hamilton and how long. It sounds like he might be around a while now, but he keeps saying at the it, time. So. At the time, it was like he could be gone, and we need we we can't let this guy go to Red Bull. Like how Matt, could you imagine if they like oh my somehow let George Russell get to Red Bull and Mercedes would have been screwed. George and Max, I actually don't know what that'd be like. <laughs> George and Max on the same team, that would be chaos. But yeah, it was the right yeah, move, probably. And Valtteri seems happier. I mean, yeah, he's not in a winning car. Yeah. I think he's. I don't think he cares about that. I think he's happier at at Alpha, and we'll see. Maybe he makes to the to the Audi days. Yeah, that I think is definitely anyone holding an Alpha male seat is what they're holding out for. Um, I'm sure like Teo Percher would love to maybe get a seat right in before they become Audi. I don't know if he'll ever get an F1 I, seat, but I think he's screwed. I honestly yeah. think he's and I and I hate to say it, I think he's a fantastic talent. I don't think he'll get a seat before yeah, he, you know people kind of forget about him. Yeah, that it, definitely. You have to keep racing as well um, and proving it in other categories if you're not racing enough one, I feel like. Or you have to just, well, I was going to say, or you have to be a stellar talent, but then the stellar talents just get seats. They don't sit on exactly. the sidelines. Yeah. It's, unless you're Oscar Piastri, apparently, because yeah. for <laughs> yeah. his pedigree to sit on the sidelines was kind of crazy. But um, yeah, uh, another thing that I put down is, did you see Gunther already wearing his Vegas jacket? Oh my gosh! I yeah, he's ridiculous. <laughs> he's, he's, I, I it, the race is until November. Why are you wearing that already? <laughs> because he's a Netflix personality. Yeah. And it gets, it gets, I think it, honestly, I think it brings in money for Gene Haas, which is why he does it. I, I don't know why he, know, he's crazy, man. He's crazy. That's the one great thing about Haas is having him. Is they probably make so much money off their merch. It's because people love buying the Gunther stuff. Exactly, like. I have friends who I have a friend who's a Haas fan purely because of the chaos. Like it's ridiculous. They exist. I didn't know they, they do exist. They do uh, exist. Oh wow! <laughs> Is he like a special type of person or? Uh yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I, I would. I would say so. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. He he um he he's probably he's probably gonna listen to this. I'm gonna give him the link. Uh, he won the F1 fantasy in Canada last year. He had the uh, the highest score in Canada. Oh my God! Wow. Yeah. Okay. He was fourth in the Respect. world. I think fourth. That's top, crazy. Top five in the world, and I believe he was first in Canada. Okay. Damn. I was actually just talking to uh, my buddy today about F one fantasy. We were saying that we don't love like I play fantasy sports like for all the sports. Yeah. Um, and I do it on Yahoo, and then having to do F one fantasy on like the F one website. We don't really like it. It, it. I don't know. Like, it's trash. full respect. Like, I played it, but I didn't really like it. And uh, I know, like, the race. If you know their podcast, yep. like, they have Grid Rival, and we were like, maybe we should give that a try. It seems oh, way more complicated. They have, an, they have but, their own platform. 
Well, it's I I don't know if they have their own platform or if it's like sponsored with an app that does F1 fantasy. Okay. I'm not really sure the full connection there, but we were thinking of giving that a try just because we didn't really like F1 fantasy. Send me the link. I honestly would be happy to try something. Like we're going to do it again. Like I literally set the league up today because he kept bugging me to set the league up again. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But if there's another option, I'm happy. I'd love to try it. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Maybe uh, get some grid ravel going. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think it's probably a good time to maybe go into some, some season predictions and maybe a little bit of our underachievers and overachievers, overachievers for the season. Sorry. Um, but is there, is there really any bold predictions that, you know, you, you have going into the season that, you know, my listeners may not have heard. Bowl predictions? I mean, I think we've touched on the big things, and that would be, for me, Aston taking a, a big leap. Um, yeah. I, I, part of me really does want to say that Williams will will score more than you know 10 to 15 points. Like I, I want to say they're going to have a miracle top six finish. So I'll make that my bold prediction. Alex Albon will have a top six finish, which for Williams is incredible. I also okay. want to say that we'll see someone outside of the top three get a po- like multiple podiums, and if that is going to be the case, it would have to likely be Alonso. But yeah. I, I don't know. I think the Ferrari and the and the Red Bull are so leaps and far, like leaps and bounds better than everyone else. I actually don't know if we're going to see more than one or two outside of the top three podiums this year, which would be a, which would be a shame. But I think that's the way we're going to see the, the season play out. Yeah, midfield podiums are always just awesome to see. Even if it's like it was a boring race out front, if some midfielder gets a podium, it's awesome. Like even, I don't think we appreciated Lando's podium in Imola because it was so early on in the season. We're like, oh, like this could happen more. And then it did not happen for the rest of the year. (laughs) And I feel like we probably should have appreciated it more, but midfield podiums are are great. And of course, midfield wins are even better. 2021 Hungary is one of my favorite races and I'm a Lewis fan. And that was a nightmare for Lewis. It was seeing Ocon win was, was just awesome and full respect to Alonso. Ocon should always remember that Alonso got him his first win. He did. People give Checo the minister of defense uh, moniker. What Alonso did in that race is better than what anything Checo's ever done. That's true. That is very true. Well, okay. Well, if that's what you got, let's get into overachievers and un- underachievers. I don't know. Let's start with overachievers. Maybe we'll alternate. Yep. So I guess I'll start. So um, I already talked about this one a little bit. So I'll skip to my next one. Uh, I got Nico Hulkenberg. He is my first overachiever. Okay. Um, I- I've done an episode already where I talked about driver head-to-heads. And I said, I think this one's going to be close, but I got Nico. It's three years out of the sport to come back and beat Kevin. I mean, he just had a year out of the sport and then came back. I still think that that would be a pretty impressive feat. And I think Nico can do it. My main reason for Nico Hulkenberg beating Kevin Magnuson in the driver head-to-head was if there's any race where Haas is competitive yeah. and one of them's going to make a stupid mistake by crashing into Lewis Hamilton, maybe... It's going to be Kevin Magnuson, and <laughs> yeah. it's not going to be Nico Hulkenberg. I I really do think that Nico gets so much like flack for not getting a podium in his in his career. It's it's garbage. Like he is he's been a great midfield driver his entire career. 
Yes, he has cost himself a few podiums. He's also mm-hmm. gotten really unlucky, but he's a phenomenal driver. And I've I've always said that he has been criminally underrated in his career. So this was just another chance for me to, you know, pump his tires. So <laughs> I got I got Nico Hulkenberg as an overachiever this year. That's a I thought about that. That's a really, really good one. You're right. He gets a lot of flack for not getting a podium. Who cares? Hass isn't fighting for podiums. They're just <laughs> that's true. Exactly. Just want points. Yes. You're I think you're bang on. This will likely be the closest matchup, I I would say. I think they're the most Maybe George and Lewis is another one you could point to. Um, yeah, one of for sure. I think this is going to be a good battle. Now, I, yeah, I love people. I have K Mag personally, but not by a lot. Maybe by a handful <laughs> of points at most. Um, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if Nico beats him. So that's a, that's a really good choice. Yeah. It's a really good choice. Okay. I'm going to go with Lando. And it's mainly because the car is junk. It looks like it's junk yeah. at least. Uh, and I also think, and, I, and I'll stand by this. Despite Oscar Piastri being an F2 champion, I think he's going to hand- handily destroy him, <laughs> which is less to do about Oscar and just more to do about Lando. We talk, I, talk, I mentioned some potential um, podium finishes. He, him and Fernando Alonso are the only two outside of the top three teams I think you could comfortably say you wouldn't be surprised if they got one. He is going to drive the wheels off of this thing. And I think it won't, the disparity won't be as big as it was between him and Daniel Ricardo, but it's going to be large between him and Oscar just because he is so dominant. So I'm going with Lando overachieving with a very mid at best car. Okay. So I had Lando as well. We're, we're Lando lovers, I guess. I, I don't How know can what you not land Yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. I, I predicted that even with the, I didn't think McLaren would be as bad as they've looked so far. I, I still have them as like an upper midfield car, but I still had Lando in seventh. And I was not really saying that Oscar isn't good. I was because of how good, how great I think Lando is. Um, seventh, I think, and how the car looks right now would be, <laughs> might be bold. an incredible <laughs> feat. Yeah. Um, but it's probably not going to happen. But yeah, I had Lando written down too, and I absolutely agree. I think Oscar does have a lot of pressure on him to perform, and I don't think that's fair. I think Lando is is so good, so experienced in this McLaren. It's going to be next to impossible for Oscar to be able to match him. But we'll see. If he's that talented, he should be able to, you know, improve a lot in the second half of the season maybe. Yep. So, yeah. So, we'll see. Um, so, the other, since you stole one of mine, I had three written down. And I've already <laughs> talked a bunch about Carlos Sainz because that was who my other oh, one was. Oh, that's your other one. Okay. Yeah. So, maybe, maybe I'll leave the Carlos Sainz one to the side and I'll just wing it here and I'll say Esteban Ocon. I know oh, a lot of people okay. I know a lot of people are hyping up Pierre Gasly and I think Gasly's just a more likable guy and I feel like that's why a lot of people think, you know, Gasly's going to come in and and definitely be faster than Ocon and Ocon I've always said is underrated as well. I Completely. think on on every weekend, you know, he's there. He's a very consistent and like we've said before, great set of hands and he's not slow i i think again if we're talking about a midfield team and maybe they underachieve a little bit is gasly probably the more likely one to have like a ridiculous qualifying or just have like an amazing race and snatch a p5 maybe but if they're a upper midfield team i think it's more about getting in the points consistently not so much the the big points grab that 
that makes the difference for the lower end teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know you mean. Like if you're a driver, a driver head to head in, in a P nine car, it matters more about being able to grab that one P eight than it is consistently being P 12. Cause that's zero points. Yeah. But in, in a P four car, it's more about consistently getting those P sevens and those P eights that Lando racked up last year. Um, yeah. And I think Ocon is that guy more so than Gasly. So I guess I'm kind of going into Gasly as an underachiever as well, but it's okay. What do you got? Okay, for I want. That's a good. That's a good. Esteban Ocon is a great pull. He was the most underrated driver last year. The most con, the most consistent of the midfield aside from Lando, um, of every other driver on the grid. So I, I'll give you that. Al- Alonso may have had more out and out pace, and yes, was screwed by reliability. But Ocon was there every single week, and I don't get what people. And he don't got like. no credit. No, we didn't. You Why don't no people credit. like him? That's the thing. What is yeah? What does he do know. to be disliked? I, he's not like Max. Like Max is an ass. Like everyone can admit that. Yeah. Akon, he races his teammate hard. So should everyone. I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I he's guess. not crashy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gasly is more likable. I mean, he's had great performances in a really awful car, so maybe that's why. Um, yeah, but and his teammates for the most part haven't been anything to write home about at least in the recent years. So maybe that's why people like him more, but I'm with you. Akon is great pull. I like that a lot. My second one was Alonzo. We talked about it at length, but I, I have to have him here. And the biggest thing for me is age. It, it, it comes, it's just, it's age. And it, what he's doing at, you know, these early forties is incredible. He's not getting any slower. I don't understand. <laughs> like if anything, he's getting faster. <laughs> So to me, that's it's just incredible that he's left the sport. He's come back. He was so fast in that Alpine, despite its reliability issues. He's coming to the Aston, and out of nowhere, it seems like he's got it. Like he's, he, we talk about Lando being adaptable. What about Fernando Alonso? This is incredible. So he's another one I'm looking to to be fighting at the top of the midfield. Um, up there with Lando, I would love to see them have some on-track battles, the young and the old. Oh, it'd be incredible. Um, and those are the two that I want to see do really well this season. Yeah, Fernando probably is the most adaptable driver on the grid. I think no matter what, you stick him in any car, he is going to get the absolute most out of it. That's just who he is. Um I think he can be a little bit erratic sometimes just because of how <laughs> aggressive he is, like the finger wag with Sonoda and just when, when you piss him off, he's, he's probably going to do some crazy shit, but, yeah. but um, he's still got that fire in him at 41 or whatever he is. Uh, but I do think, yeah, I, actually I'll, I'll leave it at that. I think that's a great call. I think, but I guess the one thing with Fernando is that him not overachieving is like him underachieving. You know what I mean? Can Fernando just achieve? He's just he can't be mid over a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I actually I'll say this too. And in, in 21, when he made his return to the sport, I think that was, I think he's proven that that was just some rust. I think having that time off, he didn't look definitely faster than Ocon for most of that season. And then this year, it was kind of like a y'all must have forgot moment because. <laughs> Like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> all those years in the shitty McLaren and then the 21 was kind of just some rust and then we're seeing vintage Alonso again I feel like yeah. so that's definitely a good shout um so underachievers I wrote three down and one of them was Pierre Gasly but I've kind of already broke down the whole Alpine thing so I'll go into this one it's it's kind of cheating because it's two I just got the whole AlphaTauri driver lineup 
I'm with you. I have Yuki. Yeah, so I'm with I you. I think <laughs> I think they're the worst the worst driver lineup on the grid. And I feel Ooh. like if they do finish 10th, like you predict, it's just because their drivers are going to just cost them points. I feel like if on a weekend that they're competitive there, I'm not sure that either of them are really going to get the most out of the car. I've always been a fan of Nick DeVries. Actually, I've always been like, I'd love to see him get a shot, but I feel like it's all, he's almost a little overhyped now. The, the Williams the one, and Monza, the, yeah. the Williams and Monza should have been a point scorer. That was their best track for that huh? car the entire season. I think if Latifi didn't get a bit unlucky, which classic Latifi, he would have scored points as well. The fact that Latifi was so far back and he's Latifi, uh, I just think Nick DeVries scoring, especially when his teammate was Latifi, is just it was a bit overrated, I, I think, and. I feel like just the expectations are a little bit too high. He's still a rookie, regardless if he's 27. It's not like he's mm-hmm. going to come in and be like an experienced 27-year-old. He's still a rookie. And Yuki Sonoda, he can be quick. Trash. But he's trash. he can be equally <laughs> as erratic. Yeah. And there will be plenty of times I feel like he will throw away point-scoring opportunities. So I guess I'll leave it at that. You kind of agree with me on the Sonoda part. But what about Nick? It's it's tough because Nick is he's a bit of an unproven product. I agree with you. So if Alex Albon was in that car, he's got he's got the points, if not more points, just based on his consistency and the pace he's able to get out of the car. So I agree with you that um, it was it, it was a pretty it was a really cool it was a really cool moment. You can't discount yes. that. It doesn't mean you're going to have success in Formula One, especially considering how bad the car looks. I think that they're both going to have difficulties. You're right. Yuki, he's so inconsistent and crashy. Um, and now he's the veteran on the team. That doesn't spell success to me. So, yeah, I'm with you. The whole Yuki, the whole AlphaTauri lineup, the, the pace of the car, it looks like Red Bull's not pouring as much resources into them anymore. Maybe they'll be sold. sold. It, yeah. It's just a recipe for a pretty bad year for, for everyone involved there. Yeah, so... I think I've I've heard people make arguments that Williams could be the worst driver lineup. I think it's hands down AlphaTauri. Maybe oh, yeah. Albon even is if here Logan's, compared to Yuki and DeVries. Logan would have to be another Latifi for it to be for it to be Williams. So exactly as far as I'm concerned. Um so who do you got for an underachiever? My other one is Carlos Sainz. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No. We are complete opposite ends on Carlos. I, <laughs> I mean, he pushed Leclerc in his first season. Um, last year, you're right. He was better in the second half, but most of his major successes came in large, either by a Leclerc screw-up or a team screw-up. It wasn't necessarily because he was just faster than Leclerc. Or a George screw-up. Or a George screw-up, just <laughs> right into him in, in, in Austin. <laughs> What I yeah. see happening is Fred Vizur comes in and a lot of that, we don't know who is our number one driver. We have two number one drivers. That's gone. They have one number one driver and it's Leclerc. Science by de facto will be the second driver and I think he's going to hate it. And I think it's going to play head games with him. And I think he's going to take a step back and regress this year. He won't be a bad driver, but I think you're going to see a very different Carlos Sainz than what we saw in the past couple of years. So we'll see. I- I, again, I, I hope for Ferrari's sake and for competition's sake. You know what? It probably is actually best that he's not a number one driver because then they're just going to clash all season long again. So maybe it is better for Ferrari's sake that it is Leclerc and Sainz and they'll be more competitive as a team. I don't know. But he will take a step back. 
I agree that it's optimal for a team to say we have a number one driver and a number two driver. I think it's hard to do that at the beginning of the season because if Carlos has a greater start, then that's who you want to you put your chips behind. And I think that's what Ferrari screwed up last year was, you know, Silverstone was the prime example. Leclerc was the only title hope that you had and you prioritized science strategy. It made absolutely no sense. Uh, credit to science for not doing that, you know, inventing it was a great line and, and great line. that's, that's what got him the win. Um, so credit to him there, but Ferrari completely screwed up. They probably could have both pitted and even just through Carlos had the or just, or just left Carlos out. I don't know. They, they screwed it up for sure. Um, and yeah, you know what, I respectfully though, disagree. Them, if they double stacked, they would have screwed that up too. <laughs> yeah, they probably. That you're right. Too. So go on. Probably, probably better not that you don't uh, <laughs> double stack for sure. But I respectfully disagree with the Carlos signs, but I do feel like that was, that was a really good take. I can, I can appreciate the argument that you made for sure. I could see that happening. I just feel like since you're a Checo fan, you don't want to see him be the sixth worst driver <laughs> of the top three. I feel like that's, that's where your heart is, but I'm sorry, man. That's just the truth. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a good shot. That's a good shot. <laughs> um, so my other underachiever, I don't know if this will surprise you or not, but I actually have Joe Guan Yu. Um, really? You haven't taken yeah, steps so, backwards. So this is another one where I feel like I was put in an interesting, an interesting spot. Because early on, I feel like I was one of the first people, I said this on a prior episode, first people to be like, guys, Joe is doing pretty well. He's getting really unlucky. And now I feel like a lot of people are on a Joe hype train and they're kind of expecting him to take a huge step forward. I personally don't see it. I think his race pace was, wasn't great. He was a good qualifier. He, he pushed Valtteri in qualifying full credit to him there. But in terms of the race pace, I didn't really see it last year, even up until the end, the last few races, the Alfa Romeo was a bit more competitive was, yeah. and I still didn't really see it from him. So We'll see. He definitely could make a step in year two. It's kind of an unknown. But if I had to put my money on it, I would have him kind of being the same driver as he was last year, to be honest. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. He, you know, he got the points in his first race, and that was that made not history. Only a handful of drivers have done it. Um, uh, yeah, he kind of got lost in, in the shuffle, right? With the rest of the season, not no real standout performances. I, I don't think he'll take a big step, so I agree with you there. Like I, Anyone thinking he, he's going to become the next land or anything like that is crazy. But do I think he can take a positive step forward as long as the car can cross the finish line? I do. And this will be the proving year. So if the car is reliable and Buttas is getting consistent, you know, either points finishes or close to the points and it's getting across the finish line and he's an 18th every week, he's screwed. But if he's there, if he's just there with Buttas... I think that at least buys him another year to be able to take another step, at least while they figure out what they're going to do when Audi comes in in 2026. That's an interesting point. I, I I could see that. I could see him taking a step back too. That's that's a very valid point. Very valid point. I just think that the midfield, at least from testing, which I'm a hypocrite because I, I say don't look too much into testing and then I look too much into testing. Um, but it looks like the midfield might be really close this year. And I think when it's that close, the driver might be what makes the difference. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I might see him trumbling around kind of in the, in the teens kind of area of, of the race every single weekend, except for maybe if he has a great qualifying and can put a weekend together. I don't think he's going to score zero points. Of course. I don't think he's no, trash, no, but no. Um, yeah, I, I just think Valtteri 
is kind of going to hand it to him a little bit this year. And Alpha's going to question, okay, we didn't see the progress that we were hoping to see. Do we give him another year? I feel like it might be questionable at the end of the year. Interesting. Oh, I'm curious to see how this plays out. I'm curious to see how this plays out. Do you have anyone else as an underachiever? I, I had Pierre Gasly. So those are okay. the three that I, I had down. So okay. let's hear yours. Uh, that's it. I only had the two. I had Yuki and Oh, you Carlos. already said two. Oh, yeah. You had Yuki. I forgot. I yes. Was, right. Yeah. All of AlphaTauri. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think there's anything else left to talk about besides this weekend. We got the Bahrain GP. F1 is back. Who do you got? Pole position and win. Just give it straight oh. to me. I'll give Charles the benefit of the doubt here. And I'm going to say he will get the pole. But Max is going to win. I, I have no doubt that Max will win this race. For me, the big thing on, on Red Bull, and I don't want to go against Checo. I, I'm curious to see in race pace, first race, how, how far off is he? All right, qualifying too. How far off of Max will he be? That's my big Red Bull question mark. I think he'll be within that margin we saw last year, but I want to know how close he can be. I, yeah, I, it's definitely going to be a question, I think, all season. With Checo, it's always going to be, he goes through these weird spells where it just seems like he's way off, and then he'll have a purple patch where it's just like, oh, he's right there, and he's challenging Max. It, it, he He's a bit inconsistent for me. Uh, I would say he could start really well and then taper off. He could start not so well and then pick it up. That just kind of who Checo is to me. So he's not a great qualifier. Yeah, I'll definitely. Yeah. And you're right. He is a better racer. I think definitely than you know, one of the best on the tires. And I think his race craft is exceptional. I just think his pure pace is just a bit off. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of just who Checo is at this point in his career. Um, I got max dominating this weekend. I Everything. think he gets a full, I think he gets a full redemption from last year. Um, I actually have money on a pole position for Max. There you go. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at I was looking at the odds and I was like, Max is like a huge favorite for the race win, but for some reason he's even odds for pole. Looking at it how it was last year, I'm assuming is why Probably. they put it that way. But yeah. I think I think Red Bull's gonna be an even better qualifier this year than they were last year. So I'm gonna have Max on pole, but I think what's more interesting just because it looks like it's a guarantee that Max is gonna win almost, besides <laughs> yeah. barring any huge breakdown well, like last, last year, year. So we'll see yeah exactly <laughs> so i think it's more interesting to see you know first race which teams are going to be unprepared mm-hmm. which teams are going to come flying out of the gates and you know make the most out of you know mclaren having these huge brake issues and being nowhere or whatever you know what i mean so mm-hmm. do you think we could see something crazy like alonso fish finishing ahead of both mercedes because mercedes is struggling early on and and aston martin seems to have their their stuff together so I have that too. I have I have exactly that same question about who's going to crack first because we didn't see a ton of... Yes, there was some reliability more at the beginning of testing than there was at the end, but nothing like nothing massive. Um, who will be the first to crack in the race? Will Could it be Mercedes? It could. I don't think so. I do think if nothing else, even if they don't get more pace, they will get across the finish line, both cars. Um, so no, I don't think, I don't think Alonzo will beat them in, in this, in this race. I think they will be still somewhere in that, you know, top seven. Um, I don't have that much faith in Aston yet, yet. 
I need to see a couple of races first before I can make that prediction. I know some people think that, you know, Bahrain is going to be a great place for Aston Martin to strike. They just seem like they're kind of hooked up at the moment where some other teams, they feel like they're unprepared. So I know some people are actually expecting, you know, maybe we can see an Alonso masterclass to start the season while, oh. you know, some of the other teams are struggling a bit just to understand their car. And then Do by you the time believe that season, as a Mercedes man? Uh, I, I could see it happening just because Mercedes is just, a bit strange to me right now that just for a team that seemed like they were so just well oiled for so long, they seem to just not have their, their shit together right now. So we'll see. I, I, I probably will take Mercedes over any Aston Martin car in this race, but could it be a Bottas situation where, you know, we're seeing them race and then in the end, the Mercedes just has that little bit of an advantage. I think we could see something like that. Yeah, yeah, we could. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was shocking last year. And so satisfying as a non-Mercedes fan <laughs> to see Buttas fighting with Lewis in an alpha was so satisfying. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it was it was it was painful for me. Um so I guess last thing, just any surprise point scores this weekend? Any bold predictions or any, I guess, bold predictions in in the negative sense where you're just like, I don't think this team's gonna be anywhere this weekend. Uh, the Alpines. I'm nervous about the Alpines. Um, I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'm just. I'm not. I'm not convinced about them yet. I want to see how the two of them get on together. Um, that we talked about the McLarens. Even even as high praise as we'll give Lando, mm, this could be this could be a tough weekend for him and Piastri. And speaking of Piastri, for me, one of the biggest things I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the three rookies. I'm so we still consider Jeffries a rookie. I'm yeah. even Logan Sargent and Williams. I'm really excited. To, I'm always excited to see new drivers on the, and Drogovic. If he races, which it sounds like he's going to, the four of them, I guess. I'm really curious to see how the four of them get on in their first, you know, first full time F1. Um, you know, I'm going to count Drogovic because he got testing, so he's comfortable with the car. Assuming he's comfortable with the car, I'm really excited to see the four of them on track. Absolutely, I will admit I'm probably going to have my eye on Piastri and Sargent more than. I am going to have my eye on DeVries just because Alpha Tire doesn't really do anything for me. They don't really fair. get me excited. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I but, think from a, a production perspective, we won't see a ton of them either. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. Um, so I'll, I'll probably have my eye on them a little bit more. But if, you, if you're worried about the Alpines and you think the McLarens are, might have a tough weekend, you're thinking, you know, we still have our top six in place and then Aston Martin might be there. That leaves two spots in the points. Which which teams do you think are going to be all over those last two two spots? I could see Haas. I could see Haas again. Steady car. The car looked perfectly fine in in, in testing. Two veteran drivers. Um, I could see them in the mix. Um, so yeah, you got the top six. You got Alonso will be in the points. He. I don't think he's going to be. might not even. Dragovich might not be too bad. He's a very quick driver. Um, you got the two Haas drivers. You got the two uh, Alpha. Well, Buttas for sure. We'll see about Joe. So I think that's going to be your competition for points. Again, Lando could be there. I just don't see it. The car just looks too slow. And then, yeah, the Alpines will be further down. The Williams will be further down. The Alpha Tires will be further down. What about Alfa Romeo? Uh, yeah, so I think Bottas will be in the points right around there. Oh, I think sorry. Joe would I, I be guess I, m- I missed that part. <laughs> 12, somewhere, something yeah, in that region. Sorry. Okay. Well, that's 
pretty much all I want to ask That's you, it. man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you for coming on. Well, I will give you the floor though. You know, if you want to promote, you know, what you got going yes. on by yes. any means. Yes, absolutely. So you mentioned the, the TikTok. So that is King of the Take. Um, that is the name of our podcast. So myself and Kyle, who was going to be joining and Trevor, um, who unfortunately couldn't make it either. Uh, so we do have a podcast. It is more broad stroke sports. Um, so during the NFL season, really heavy into the NFL. Obviously that's over right now. So we will have our Formula One I guess we'll have our preview show tomorrow. Uh, NHL, NBA, we are into everything. The guys love it all. So do check us out. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, everywhere you can find your podcast. We are there. And like I said before, we are active on TikTok as well. And we're going to have you on ours too. We're going to have you on our podcast too. There we go. Yeah, I absolutely endorse that. Amazing TikTok account. Great podcast. I love your concept. Starting it out with uh, every single episode, you got your uh, little take battle that you guys do. It's pretty <laughs> yes. cool. So uh, definitely check out King of the Take. And thank you so much, Darnell, for joining thank the you. podcast. A lot of fun. Appreciate it. Thank you. So that will do it for the Desiree Wilson episode of Break Bias. I know I'm going straight into the outro. But it was a long one, so no time to waste. I'm your host, Brad Kramer, and I will be back next week after F1 returns in Bahrain. I cannot wait for lights out. Goodbye.